Hey, I'm Will Malone, and this is Double Negative, a podcast about photography by Will Malone. Trying to work on the intro of the new reboot, but I think I finally settled into a pattern with my uh, non-photography kind of uh, work that's built around photography sort of things. So I had this plan for YouTube when I first started to do the YouTube channel thing again earlier this year, and I don't know why I kind of abandoned it, but I guess it was to make room for this uh, video podcast experiment. And uh, the video podcast experiment uh, was not fun and didn't work out. So I'm going back to my original plan of making uh, videos about a certain topic in a kind of photography is dead style. I like write a whole script and then I build the video around the script about something. And I've you can get an idea for what I'm talking about with my uh, 2.5D printing video I released a couple months ago. And uh, and that's kind of the style I'm, I'm looking at. And I just finished writing another one about my uh, small town photo project, the whole completed experience of it. And I'm really excited about that video. I think it's going to be really good. It took me a while to figure out a good three-act structure and kind of a takeaway from it and a point. But um, I finally finished writing it. I've been writing it for about a week and a half, and I finally finished it. Uh, yesterday, and I, I'm overall pretty happy. I'm gonna have to trim some fat off of it, but uh, I'm gonna start filming that next next week. So, and that's kind of what I want to go for with all of my videos on YouTube. Is like every video I make, I want there to be a point. And as far as frequency of video, once I kind of get into the swings, maybe I can up the frequency. But I just want to make them good first. So, I'm making videos kind of built around photo projects, kind of like I I like to think about photography so um i eventually want to do a uh, black and white road trip video where i only shoot black and white photos on a road trip uh i've done it once and um i could probably make a video about the first time i did it maybe if i have enough stuff for it um but i want to do it again that'll probably be next year so i kind of i have these photo projects that I want to just tell the story of via video. And I think that's just the easiest way to tell the story because Instagram is not a great place to tell a story about a photo project. Um, maybe maybe threads can be, I don't know. But I just think a, a video that encapsulates each photo project and helps you get to know how I see photography and my interests, I think is a really um, probably the best way to do it. And I don't have to document just every single freaking thing that I do week over week. And I think that week over week deadline of making a video is really what kills me. And I don't think I'm that good at it. So I think just focusing on one thing at a time for as long as it takes, maybe like, you know, I right now I'm at an average of a, the 2.5D video took me about a month. So I guess I'm at an average of around a month. Um, I think I can get the small town photo project uh, video done in three weeks. So, you know, might be able to slowly speed up my process. All right. So anyway, I want there to be a point with each of these episodes. I, 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 while I want them to be looser than my photography is dead, very focused essay style podcasts, I do still want you to listen and take something away because we, we've, we're busy. We've got plenty of things to do. Uh, listening to a podcast that's just like rambling uh, is the worst. And we don't have time for it. So um, each of these episodes, while there may be some tangents and different things I talk about, um, I want their each episode to kind of be able to have a theme, right? I've been thinking about, uh, first off, I got a Nikon FE, uh, which is a beautiful film camera that I got. And it's probably the most pristine film camera I've ever found. It's uh, it's it's a pretty old film camera. It's like a 
electromechanical. So when I got it out of the box, it was like so clean and beautiful, like it's never been used. And the shutter didn't work. And then I found out that, oh, it needs a battery to do the shutter, but it feels like a fully manual mechanical camera. But it's like this weird mix where it needs a battery to do the shutter, which is kind of interesting. But it feels so good. And um, I've wanted a new Nikon film camera. Uh, I've talked about on, uh, I don't know if I talked about it on this podcast, but I just had a my Nikon L35AF point and shoot camera that I shot those New York um those those double exposures of new york in the woods together with that point and shoot that thing died on me recently so i have room for another camera but i've also wanted to just get another kind of carry around nikon camera and uh i'm probably going to get a nikon like f2 or f3 eventually um because apparently i just collect nikons but i have just this pile of vintage nikon lenses so i was like well let me let me find something that's like decently affordable for now so i found an fe for like a really good deal and it was in perfect condition and i haven't taken it out yet i've shot a few test shots but i'm it's it's already it feels good and it's got the double exposure lever which is kind of what i'm looking for in any camera now is a double exposure in camera feature and the one camera that i have to use a lot that doesn't have that is uh, my sony a7 IV. And that's a problem because when I shoot client work, sometimes I like to go off the beaten path a little bit, make something surprising, but I can't really do that with that camera, which is why I will probably inevitably go back to Nikon one day. But, um, but yeah, so any carry around camera I have, like my Fujifilm XE4 or any of my film cameras, I'm going to be more likely to carry around one that has an in-camera double exposure feature because I only like double exposures in camera. Photoshop double exposures suck. They're just not fun. They're too clinical. They're just like, there's no, there's no surprise about them because you can do anything. So, um, but what, what's funny is I got this Nikon FE, which is like not, I mean, it's an affordable film camera because it's not, I guess, a super popular one. Um, it's popular enough. I mean, it was still pricier than it probably was a few years ago, but you know, when you look on Instagram at the film photography community, uh, which I've been more deep into as I'm trying to like brush up on all my film stuff you you don't see it as much as you see like a Leica M6 or a Mamiya 7 or an RZ67 or whatever and like I saw that you know Peter McKinnon gotten into film photography and like you know he's he's using all the popular film cameras that everyone uses that are you know upwards of five thousand dollars and if I, if I had YouTube money like him then I would probably be getting the nicest things too but what's interesting is like it doesn't really with film well with really any camera but when with film that doesn't have like a specific sensor or megapixels or whatever film specifically it's like it kind of doesn't matter what camera you use and you can still get the same photos as somebody with a Leica M6 you know with digital it's a little different it's like uh, somebody has a Nikon D850 and somebody else has a I don't know a crop sensor Fujifilm and there there are different specs that makes one more powerful than the other. But with film, really it's just the quality of the user experience. And so there's no real visual benefit or image benefit other than how it makes the photographer feel when using it. So film camera preference is really just a photographer slash user choice kind of thing. It's not like a you're gonna look at a photo and, and see more resolution or whatever. Um, so I find it interesting. It's like when you get involved in or, you know, watch a lot of film camera YouTube or Instagram or whatever, 
it feels like everyone's using the exact same cameras. Like it, it just, everyone is using the same cameras and you know, sure. I would love to have a Leica as much as the next guy, but it is kind of interesting. It's like, even though film has all these choices, film is so weird. There's so many aspect ratios. There's so many choices more than digital. And yet people are still all using the exact same stuff. So if you hang out on the edges and the fringes, you can find some really cool film stuff. As long as it's just not the thing that's hot on YouTube right now. Uh, I got freaked out once because I saw um, one of the Outer Banks cast members post uh, a photo of her using a Nikon L35AF. And I was like, oh, no, now they're going to become more expensive or whatever. Um, the problem with those is that they just break all the time. So maybe they're not going to catch on a ton because, you know, I've already I have one that kind of works and one that definitely doesn't work. Um, but it, it is kind of interesting. It's like the f film camera world is built around just like five different cameras when there are like so many more options. Um, and anytime an influencer like posts about like a new weird camera they find, I'm like, no, you're making it expensive. You're going to make it expensive for everybody. Um, but I do love the Nikon stuff because there's so many Nikon options and yet uh, a lot of them are still affordable. Like a lot of my favorite photos lately, I've been shooting with this Nikon N65, which is a $25 like cheapo camera and it's ugly it's not like a pretty film camera it kind of looks like a digital dslr but it has the in-camera double exposure feature and i know that if it breaks i'm not going to be too upset because and it works with all my digital nikon lenses and so it's just like easy to use and nice to use and uh convenient <laughs> but again it's not like sexy at all and i think that's the thing with film photographers is everybody wants to be using the sexiest gear because otherwise what are you doing but this nikon fe kind of fulfills that for me it's it feels very tactile and mechanical and just it's got the winding lever and all that stuff so or the advancing lever um but it is kind of frustrating to me how just like digital photography in film photography everybody has the same cameras now and that's kind of the problem with living on the internet is if you live on the internet then everything is kind of the same everyone's tastes is the same you you kind of end up falling into internet trends and then every video you see everybody's got the same camera or doing the same stuff or taking the same types of photos and so it's a very limiting place even though it has all this room for just the sky's the limit yet everyone just gravitates towards doing the same exact things everyone you know, you see an, a YouTuber you like who's doing something interesting, and then suddenly everyone is doing that same type of video. Um, and I've fallen into that too. And that happens a lot when my main source of consumption is the internet. Those are the seasons where I've made the most boring work because I'm not I'm not digging deeper for inspiration than what's just directly in front of me on whatever my discover page is um and that's kind of why threads is weird threads is like I haven't talked about threads at all on this podcast but threads is kind of weird because it's piggybacking on Instagram but Instagram people like the big ones that mostly use Instagram as their primary social media source don't really know what to do with it because it's text and it's not curated and it's like Twitter. Uh, so it's like a scrambled mess of conversation and hot takes and kind of like weird people. And 
the problem is is that it kind of made me realize that curation culture which instagram kind of started where you make your feed look a certain way which i've never i've never truthfully felt pressure to make my feed look a certain way maybe i did for a little bit i tried like i think i did things in threes or something a while back to make my grid look good but then i got bored with that and it's like there's apparently all this pressure to make your feed look really uh curated and same colors and whatever i've never felt that pressure maybe why i don't have that many followers um but because there's tw- like a Twitter or a threads doesn't allow for that, it's like the most curated people don't really know what to do with it. Or the people who focus on curation and making everything look the same as whatever aren't that interesting. And it seems like the people, it seems like it highlighted that Instagram people like define their social media experience by Instagram are kind of boring people. And it made me realize that all the interesting and weird people hung out on Twitter most of the time back in its heyday. And then Twitter kind of became a dumpster. And now it's like those people are homeless. So I'm hoping a lot of those weirdos, some of them, not all of them, I don't want all the weirdos from Twitter on threads, but maybe they come to threads and make it a little more interesting because threads I have seen some of the most boring posts I've ever seen in my life. I've I've, while there are some things on threads, I've been trying to like be involved and kind of, you know, connect with photography community people. Like some of the random stuff that the algorithm's giving me is like some of the most, like the lamest posts I've ever seen. And it feels like the posts that Instagram people would post. And so, you know, I mean, you think about Instagram, it started as a platform where people would post photos and then post like a music lyric as a caption. And uh, yeah, those are people that I, those are people that I feel like have really nothing to say on a text-based platform. What I do like about threads and one reason I want to grow and, you know, using it is because it seems like a really good social media network for like, for someone like me who I like to talk. I like text-based stuff because I like to write, but I also love to be able to mix writing with my photography. And I find that it's been crazy that there's no social network that allows you to just post photos no matter the crop. And uh, you can just post a photo vertical, horizontal, all next to each other, and you can swipe through them really nicely. And it looks really good. And it seems like a really good place for photographers um, who like to post stuff. But also, it seems like I can go on my weird tangents that I go on in life about other stuff. Movies specifically right now, because I'm going to the movie theater every week this summer. Um, and so that's kind of the main thing I have to talk about right now. It is it is an interesting platform. I I think it's kind of wild that they they hit threads at the exact right time to steal thunder from Twitter. Like Twitter, the problem with Twitter, and you know, I'm not going to go into a political thing or an Elon Musk thing or whatever. I, I do think Elon Musk seems to be purposely trying to run it into the ground. It seems like he's doing it intentionally in a way, and maybe he is. I don't know. Maybe he's using some weird billionaire magic to uh, get out of taxes. I, I don't know. I have no clue. I don't know what I'm talking about, but. Um, but I, I do think what's interesting about it is that it, it while on the face of it, it started to be a good place for the photography community. But when the NFT thing started and NFT culture's home ended up being Twitter, it really made Twitter into this spammy mess of artists trying to sell you on their NFTs or, you know, all the crypto stuff. And the crypto stuff really, like, ruined the experience of Twitter, in my opinion, because it consumed everything and now if i get alerts from twitter or go look at twitter it's just like spammy nft crypto posts a lot i get tagged in all this crap and it's just like a mess it's just and i'm sure that kind of bot stuff is going to come to threads but for now threads feels a lot cleaner while yeah i think a lot of the content it's like 
hard. It, I don't feel as hooked on threads. I feel like I'm doing it to because I see potential, but I'm not like addicted to threads. Like I could forget about it pretty easily because there's just not that much interesting stuff being posted. But I'm hoping that a lot of the things that are interesting on Twitter kind of can get ported over to threads. That's my hope. But I mean, the fact is, is all of this just highlights, you know, the film camera thing at the beginning of this episode and threads and Twitter and, you know, interestingness versus boringness. Like this all highlights of the problem, which is that the more we are on the internet, first off, the more everything becomes the same, but we can't use internet and social media as our only artistic source of consumption. Like if we're spending most of our time on the internet, then whatever we put out is going to be that it's n it's not going to be any deeper than that. So, you know, I find that weird people are into weird things and they don't spend a crazy amount of time on the internet. And when they do, they're looking at weird stuff on the internet, but weird people are going deeper. And I feel like, like I said a second ago, like I feel like the seasons where my work is the least interesting, I can tell that I'm spending too much time on social media. And so I actually, uh, I've, I've started reading a lot more this year. I, I tend to read um, an, an okay amount. I've, got, I've gone through seasons where I'm not reading as much. Like last year, I don't feel like I read as much. Um, during the pandemic, I read a ton. Um, and I've been reading more this year. But the problem is I've been traveling a lot and I'm a book guy. I don't like audio books. And so I have all these books I've been wanting to read, but they're too big to fit in my bag and I don't want to carry them around. Um, so on Prime Day, I got a Kindle. And so I'm hoping this helps make it easier for me to just like pick up a book and travel with it. And also there are a lot of good deals. Like I'm, I'm going through a... I've, I've just downloaded a bunch of Elmore Leonard stuff, so I'm going to go through an Elmore Leonard kind of rabbit hole. I'm not a big fiction guy. I'm a lot of times reading biographies, histories, that kind of stuff, but I feel like I need to get back into fiction, read some stories kind of stuff. Um, a lot of my fiction comes from movies, so I don't find myself reading fictional books, but I, I'm, I'm trying to go down that rabbit hole. And it's just, you know, sometimes when you're self-employed or whatever, you feel like the more time you spend on the internet is helpful for your job, but the fact is it's not. Like, you just need to go deep into all the stuff that you like. I think the more I read, the more it benefits my work, probably more than scrolling on the internet. Like, hosting every day feels like an obligation a lot of the time but you don't have to like all you have to do is make good stuff that's my whole basis of everything make something good and in order to make something good you got to just be on your own schedule on that which is why i'm abandoning weekly youtube videos so we live in a world right now where everyone is working very hard to be boring i mean just look at like interior design like that farmhouse rustic sort of stuff it's like everything's the same it's crazy it's like everything is trying to look the exact same and every house every time like i'm a homeowner so every time i look at like tips on how to you know make your house you know add value to your house it's like make it look the same as every other house you know um and so i've kind of our house is kind of we have a small house but it's become a jumble of just a lot of my weird photos and stuff and i just change it up all the time so my house uh doesn't look the same moment to moment it's also slightly cluttered because we just don't have any storage we live in a very old house uh that existed before people had owned things um so there's like no closet space or anything it, we live in a world where everyone is trying to just look the same as everyone else as a signal that i guess we're acceptable or whatever and that's a temptation you know i'm calling it out but that's a temptation i also have it's like sometimes i'm like ooh, am i supposed to do that am i supposed to whatever and i'm trying to just work my muscle to be always skeptical of whatever everyone is doing all the time like i want to like an m6 as much as the next guy but i'm perfectly happy shooting with 
a more affordable Nikon camera and just focusing on making the best work I can. And if I can get a Leica one day, that will be a great treat. Uh, it would be a, a, like that would feel really exciting. But I don't feel like it is essential for me as a photographer to get a Leica M6 or a Mamiya 7 or a, you know, whatever. Um, whatever the cool camera is right now. Um, well, I'm sure they're great. I mean, they're obviously great for a reason. They're obviously great cameras, but uh, it's just, it's it's kind of like, oh, cool. So he's not like, you see a big YouTuber get into film and you're like, oh, cool. So he's going to start using all the same stuff that every other YouTuber is using. He's not finding his own thing that he's interested in. He's just going down the list of what's cool. And you're just like, man, just like dig deeper. Like I found this uh, Polaroid YouTube channel called In An Instant. And he just digs for weird instant film stuff. And he's actually doing like crazy stuff or finding things that I've never heard of before. Like they made a tin type with an, a Polaroid SX-70. And that's what I'm looking for. It's like that. I think that's the kind of thing I'm, I'm always hoping for when I'm on the internet is people who are really trying to do something different than the next guy. And I'm all I'm al I'm almost always disappointed because I feel like people who get on the internet and I I would like to hopefully keep myself from falling into this trap. They start with something interesting and doing something different, but then as they become more successful, it becomes kind of like rounded out and becomes like everything else. And maybe that's just an artist thing. Maybe that's just an art thing. Like I feel like musicians that happen a lot is like a musician they uh make music that really connects with people and is really amazing then they get rich and famous and then all their songs are about being rich and famous so you know maybe that's just a natural progression of every person who makes things but i do just find it's harder to find somebody doing something truly original and i would like to i hope that maybe one day i can get to a point where i'm doing something interesting and different i think uh i've got pieces of stuff but i just i've I've got a long way to go, right? So I'm not saying all this saying that like, I'm doing something interesting and different and no one else is. I'm just saying that like, when I am searching for artistic inspiration, I think the solution is to just go deeper than everyone else. And I've heard Austin Kleon say something like that. And I think that that's just something that we're missing right now is our sourcing is, is shallow. We are not going very deep in sourcing ideas and that kind of thing. All right, so this podcast has gone on long enough. Basically, you get the gist. I'm going to get better at this podcast format, trying to keep it tight but loose at the same time. Um, so for now, you can follow me on threads at Will Malone, uh, Instagram at Will Malone. And I'm about to start adding some of my new print work on willmalone.com. So thanks for listening, and I will see you soon.